Jets Audio Network. This is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Big Corner Creative, Donlinger Construction, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Eck Agency, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Mel Hambledon Ford, and by Pepsi. To the JetCast podcast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. I am your host, Jackson Schneider, the voice of the Newman Jets. Welcome in to episode number 108. Excited to be with you once again as the weather of late has been pretty cold and a little snowy. It's been weird, but we're going to talk uh, some spring sports a little bit today. Also, Talk some bowling with Billy Murphy uh, because he has been busy with the Jet bowling teams of late running all over the place, including being in Las Vegas, among many other sites. But uh, it'll be a great chat with him. We love Coach Murphy. He is one of the best and has certainly uh, been a great welcome guest on our JetCast a couple times now so far this year. But uh, we'll also welcome on, as, as I mentioned, we'll talk some spring sports with the head baseball coach of your Newman Jets, Drew Mouse, head coach of your Jet baseball program. They're just a little bit over two weeks from opening day. And with that in mind, Want to talk a little baseball, talk about the Jet Baseball program that took some big leaps forward last year, making it to the MIAA postseason tournament and having the player of the year in the conference. Lots of exciting pieces uh, that are building towards what should be an outstanding spring once again on the baseball diamond. So great conversation with him to look forward to as well. But before we get into each of our interviews today, Why don't we take a peek, as we often do, at the upcoming athletic calendar for the Newman Jets. Beginning with tomorrow, Thursday, January the 18th, the Jet basketball programs head on the road for a two-game road swing to the state of Missouri. First up, the Jets will head to St. Joseph to take on the Missouri Western Griffins. Games will begin at 5.30 and 7.30 tomorrow night from St. Joseph. Should be a couple of great competitive matchups as both Jet basketball teams have been playing well of late and and getting better over the course of the year, but these will undoubtedly be a couple of really tough road matchups. Again, Thursday night at 5.30 and 7.30 at Missouri Western. Those broadcasts available on 
the MIAA network. And then on Saturday, their road trip will continue at 1.30 and 3.30 in Maryville, Missouri, taking on Northwest Missouri State. Those games as well available on the MIAA network. Also on Saturday, the men's bowling team will take place or take action in Dallas at the SWIBC uh, number five event. That event will be both Saturday and Sunday. And then heading into next week, a week from tomorrow, on January the 25th, the Jets wrestling teams will play host to Fort Hayes State in a duel uh, here in Wichita. So that's what we've got coming up here on our athletic calendar, and it's only going to get busier again as we head towards the tail end of January and into the month of February. So lots to look forward to, uh, but also want to give a couple of shout-outs to some Jets uh, making waves in the news here as of late, and especially since we just brought up Jet Wrestling, because the Newman Jets have a wrestler who has moved up in the NCAA Division II wrestling standings, and that is Jace Fisher, who we've had on the JetCast earlier this year. Uh, But he uh, moved up the latest open mat rankings, placing 7th overall in the 165 weight class after appearing on the list several times already this season. He's finally cracked the top 10 and looks to return to wrestling nationals this season, which of course are being held right here in Wichita. So very exciting stuff as, again, Jace Fisher up to the top 10 in the NCAA Division II wrestling rankings at the 165 weight class. Uh, But uh, congratulations to Jace and the rest of the Jet Wrestling program as they continue to work towards, again, appearances at the national tournament, which will be held here in Wichita. But enough of that. Let's get into a couple of our great interviews on our show today, episode number 10. of the JetCast podcast. We'll begin with head bowling coach of your Newman Jets, Billy Murphy, as uh, we'll talk both men's and women's bowling with perhaps the busiest man on campus here of late, a guy who's spent uh, a little bit over two weeks on the road uh, of um, the last little bit of, of their schedule. So we'll catch up with Coach Murphy and learn all about that up next here on the JetCast on the Newman Jets Audio Network. From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength. Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Welcome back to the JetCast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider, pleased to be joined now by Newman head bowling coach Billy Murphy. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for the time today. You bet. Thanks for having me, Jackson. Absolutely. We've got a lot to talk about with you and your team. You've been busy already to start this new semester off. You were in Vegas with your women's team over the last several days working, I think what you told me the other day was 12-hour days with the tournament and everything going on. So so let's unpack that. Take us through that yeah. trip and, and what all it entailed, both competition-wise and beyond. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about uh, my job is I get to watch a lot of bowling. Um, I, I love watching it, so that's good. Uh, we had nine of our athletes go out and uh, compete at the national team trials, 
which was uh, January 1 through January 7. So so six days of uh, pretty much being in the Bowling Center at 8 o'clock and, and leaving the Bowling Center at 8, 8 p.m. So uh, they have the men bowl early and then the women bowl late. So you're just trying to cover all your athletes. Uh, so some long days, but some good days. Well, that's really a cool thing. Now, you said national team trials. So is that like Olympic? Is that what what's what national team does that entail? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's Team USA. Uh, it's the how they select our national team that goes and competes internationally. Uh, bowling is not in the Olympics yet, but we have uh, international tournaments all the time, all, all over the world that these teams get selected to. Uh, these team trials... There are, uh, I think there's anywhere from 16-year-olds to 40-year-olds competing because professionals can be on the team. So their professional bowlers are also at this event. Uh, and they pick a junior team and they pick a, an adult team. So just, uh, it is a huge tournament. It's on the girls' side, I think there was about 180, 190 athletes from the U.S. And on the guys' side, there was around 220 to 240 uh, so best players in the country, um, all trying to catch that dream of being on the national team. Awesome. Well, that's just part of it, right? You then have a, a women's competition as well that took uh, over a couple of days in early January as well. So you've spent quite a bit of time in Las Vegas, which I guess, considering the the weather here lately, that's not too bad of a deal. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, as soon as team trials got over, we flipped right over into the first NCA event for second semester. Uh, we moved down the down the strip from uh, the Gold Coast uh, at the north end down to South Point at the at the south end of the strip, uh, and the la the ladies competed for for three days at our our first event of second semester. So, eleven total days. Um, on that trip with uh, the weather was a little bit warmer. It was not, uh, I mean, it was like 40 to 60. So uh, it was, it was better, uh, definitely better than it, it is here at the moment. So uh, yeah, it was a, a long week, but a good week. Well, that's awesome. I did want to ask you about uh, the, the teams in general, because the, the women's team in their latest poll, the uh, NTCA December coaches poll, they were ranked number 18. And not all that long ago, the men's team was ranked as high as seventh in the NCBCA poll. So you've got two teams receiving national recognition for their per performances here lately. How how did we get to this point this season? And how, how has that hard work paid off for both of these teams? Yeah, it's been good. You know, you the polls are, uh, you know, they're for marketing and stuff like that because uh, it still has to be done on the on the lanes. But, you know, with the guys, they had a, a great event uh, also out in Vegas uh, right before Christmas time where they they had a two top five finishes. Uh, they led qualifying at one of the tournaments the first day and then ended up finishing second to to powerhouse Wichita State. So, that was a great event. And the guy, the guys are bowling good. They're getting better every day. Uh, the, the really cool thing about the guys right now is that, I, you know, as a coaching staff and our players feel, um, and if you asked any of them, they would tell you the same thing. Like, we don't even think we were, we're close to the ceiling yet. Uh, we, we really, we've bowled good at times, but we haven't bowled great. 
Um, and so that bodes well for us, you know, going down the second semester and, and going towards postseason. Uh, the ladies are ladies are young um, and they have had some really good days and they've had some some rough days. Uh, but the good news is, is their rough days are, are still pretty good as far as the national rankings go. Uh, again, their expectation is a little loftier. So uh, both teams just trying to get to that that postseason run and and be competing at the best we can when we get there. Now, going back a little bit, you you mentioned you know the the men and competing with Wichita State, who's been at the top of the polls as well here lately. That's two teams in the top ten of this poll in the same city. And I've yep. heard lately with with some things in the news in in bowling and everything that there's not many better places to be in the country for bowling than Wichita. So I figure you, nobody would really know that better than you and your experience. So what makes Wichita such a great place for the sport of bowling? Yeah, it just uh, it's one. It's just uh, this town loves bowling. Uh, and there's many towns, many cities across the U.S. that that love our sport. Uh, but, you know, Wichita State has been so good for so long. Um, and now us with our program, you know, entering its 21st year, uh, generally the student athletes don't go back home. Um, and that kind of fuels the the greatness, I feel like, because former players stay around. They stay in Wichita um, they help the programs, uh, they come back, they help coach, you know, our, our two, two of our three assistants are former players. Um, and then I have another, you know, two gentlemen that are former players also that volunteer their time and go on trips and help coach. So they'll be at the ball center. They'll be helping, uh, our, our sport is so unique because like last night on a Tuesday night at North Rock Lanes, uh, there is 24 teams of bowling, so 120 bowlers. And between Newman and Wichita State, there are 60 either current or former players bowling in that league. Uh, so just the, you know, the ability to have your current players be around your former players and them kind of passing on uh, the knowledge and, and wisdom that they learned uh, I, I just think it creates a very unique um, environment for our athletes uh, and, and for, for Wichita Bowling. Uh, just a cool place, and, you know, the the history of it is is pretty amazing. That's a, that is amazing. I mean, to, to have a program or, or multiple programs and even just a city like that where it's so – so great that they stick around that. I think that's just such a big program culture builder. And I think it points to to great things moving forward because it's only going to get better with those, those numbers and that influence. So that's really exciting for us to hear. And as we look ahead, I did want to ask you about what, what lies ahead for both the men and the women. I know you go to Dallas here in, in just a few days for the, the men's team to compete as part of the uh, SWIBC event. Uh, but for the women, uh, also, they'll be in action heading uh, to St. Louis, but not quite until the beginning of February. So a little bit of time off before their next competition. So what goes into the preparation for both teams as, as you get ready for their different events here in the near future? 
Yeah, the, the guys, you know, they kind of get right into it. We have uh, three tournaments and about five weekends, uh, and then their regular season will be over. Uh, the men's side of college bowling, the bulk of the season is in the front half. Um, and then you have maybe three, four tournaments on the back half and then postseason starts, uh, for the ladies, you know, their, their fall season, there's three or four events. And on the backside, there's generally four or five, and then you have your conference championship and then postseason. So the ladies will be a little, little busier, uh, but we do have three weeks before we get going on that side. So we're, we're still working on the development piece. Uh, you know, doing a lot of individual work and just trying to get them prepared for that postseason run. Uh, but our our uh, our at large hopes uh, of getting a, an at large bid will will be determined in the next four or five weeks, um, and then kind of trying to situate yourself for that. But also get ready for the conference championship. You know, we're a member of the GLBC, and there are uh, currently. Uh, three teams out of the six teams that are ranked in the top 20. So winning that conference championship will, will prove to be a little difficult, but um, our goals, you know, that we're trying to reach one of them is to win that, that GLVC conference championship. So, and if we do that, we get an automatic bid into the national tournament. So kind of trying to situate yourself for trying to win the conference, but also try to get that at large bid and uh, finish the season strong. Uh, and then the guys, you know, like I said, they'll they'll have four events here in five weekends, and then uh, sectionals will be three weeks after that. So just trying to get everybody ready for postseason. Well, I did want to mention, you know, some of the student athletes that have been standouts for you. Um, so I'll, I'll put that in, in your lane here, pun intended. Uh, but uh, over the, the start to the semester here, who have been some of the athletes that have stood out to you and how they've taken steps forward to help, whether that's in competition or in practice or, or just as a whole, who are some of those athletes we need to keep eyes on to, to know who's, who's stepping up for you here over the last few weeks? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the guys, you know, like uh, Noah Akiona, young man from Hawaii that's a sophomore. He's been really steady and strong. You know, he made a made an all-tournament team out in Las Vegas. Uh, his fellow sophomore, Zach Smolin, has, has been – he's struggled at times, but he generally, when he struggles, he's he's still playing at a really high level. Um, you know, and those two have kind of been the, the ones that have, that have kept our, our guys going most of the year. Uh, and from there, the team is uh, really young, but like Silas Limes, who is a junior, uh, had a rough sophomore year, but he's been really steady this year. So, you know, from those three, those are kind of our leaders. And, you know, they're going to they're going to if if they're successful, they're going to get us get us to where we need to go. The, the other cool thing is, is we do have more depth than we've probably ever had on the guy side. Um, and, and the guys that are just right behind them, um, they always seem to be consistent at doing their job. So, uh, we have, have really good depth and any of those young men can, can help us lead, uh, on, on the ladies side, uh, kind of the same thing, you know, we, we got Kinsley Morris, who's a junior, uh, who's been great at times and, uh, Cassidy Miller, a sophomore from right here in Augusta. Kansas has been really good um, at Team USA trials. Cassidy finished sixth one day, um, which is an incredible accomplishment considering 
the depth of talent at team trials. Uh, so she's been good. Uh, Alexa Shea and Tally Scott are two freshmen that have really been getting better as the year goes along. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where depth is good. Uh, and while you may not exactly know where it's going to come from every weekend, uh, you, you know, it's going to come from somewhere. So, uh, that's, that's a positive thing for the coaching staff and, and the two groups. That seems like a good, good problem to have. <laughs> Lots of talent and a lot of great individuals. But again, we're joined by Billy Murphy, head bowling coach of your Newman Jets here on the JetCast. Coach, before we let you go, I just wanted to kind of ask you your your vision for the next few weeks. We've kind of talked about, you know, the goals and, and the schedule that lies ahead. But in terms of elevating this group on, on both the men's and women's side, what needs to take place here over the next few weeks to reach the goals that you have in place? Yeah, with the guys, it's just uh, being consistent. Um, and while our placing in tournaments has been pretty consistent, uh, we, we've just got to get to that next level uh, where our focus is a, is a little stronger um, in every moment. And because we'll bowl good at times and then we'll be like, all right, we're you know at the top of the field and we're doing OK. And then we'll kind of take a deep breath and we'll lose that focus a little bit. So with the guys, we've just got to really focus um, on the task at hand and not let what has happened in the tournament to that point, uh, affect their, their current thinking. You know, we, we can only take, um, advantage of what is in front of us. Um, and we've just got to focus on that task. So that's going to be kind of the focus with them. Uh, the girls, we just got to keep getting better. Uh, you know, the, again, they have, they've been wonderful at times, um, at times they've struggled, but I, I think that also um, is indicative of a very young team, you know, so uh, they've just got to keep learning. Uh, you know, a lot of them are seeing things for the first time this year because uh, we are freshmen, sophomore, uh, you know, we've got a couple juniors, but it's it's just from an experience standpoint, they're seeing things they haven't seen. So we've just got to continue the development and and stay focused on the on the task on on their side as well and just get get ready for postseason. Uh the the cool thing is but both teams have already qualified for postseason uh through their finishes so far this year. So that's exciting. You know, 21 years uh the program has been in existence and 21 years both men's and women's groups have qualified for postseason. So uh just continuing that run, but also trying to focus on on the bigger goal at hand. Awesome. Well, that's a heck of a streak and congratulations on furthering that already, but still bigger goals in front of you. So we look forward to following along coach and, and seeing the rest of this thing fall into place, but thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Go Jets. Billy Murphy, head bowling coach of your Newman Jets. will step aside here for just a moment and be back with more on the JetCast right after this. Dondlinger Construction is currently hiring qualified CDLA truck drivers, heavy equipment operators, and heavy civil concrete carpenters for projects in and around the Wichita metro area. Dondlinger Construction is employee-owned and offers competitive weekly pay and benefits. Quick start your new career and apply online at dondlinger.biz. That's D-O-N-D-L-I-N-G-E-R dot B-I-Z. Dondlinger Construction is an EEO-compliant employer. Veterans, women, and minorities encouraged to apply. Welcome back to the JetCast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. Jackson Schneider joined now over Zoom with head coach of the Jet Baseball Program, Drew Mouse. Coach, how are we doing today? 
staying warm. Staying <laughs> warm. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's got to be a challenge. Let's let's start right there. As a matter of fact, you guys have 15 days from the time we're recording this interview to opening day. And over the last week or so, you've been throwing a tough curveball with the weather. And I know that doesn't make things easy to get outside and get practices in, but sounds like you've still been able to get work in to prepare for the upcoming season. How have you pivoted through some of these weather challenges? Uh, you know, we've gone inside at Hoover Field. Um, it's big, big indoor facility here in Wichita and um, full, full infield in there. They've got like 10 cages. Um, so we've we've been able to to utilize that space um, really well and um, allow our infielders to get ground balls. We've done live hitter versus pitcher, you know, on the infield and stuff like that. Um you know, we've we've been able to still do some of the team defenses with with bunts and first and thirds. Um, and, you know, other than the other than, you know, live scrimmaging or um, doing a hack scrimmage here and there, you know, we've pretty much been able to do almost everything that we would do outside um, with regards to to practices, except for the actual live playing. So um, can't complain. Would love to be outside more, but uh, seems like God is at other other plans for us as of right now. Well, I'm, I'm glad you guys have still been able to get a good chunk of work done because as we mentioned, you know, just a little bit over two weeks until the season starts, but you know, we, we caught up with you in the fall to talk about, you know, the steps forward that your program is looking to take and the work you're putting in to do that coming off of a really strong showing last year, you know, you make it to the conference tournament for the first time you have a player of the league, the year in the league. I mean, all these great positives, but how do you push this thing forward with the group that you'll have for this spring? Um, I, you know, relying on on some of the older guys, um, I think is a big thing. You know, we still have um, Jay Snyder back, who who was um, all conference guy at third base. Um, you know, we have Eli Wool back, Sean Marcus back. Um, you know, Dalton Smith, who was one of our batteries last year. Um, behind the plate has has had a pretty good fall in an early spring um you know and then and then looking to the mound which is where kind of we've we lost more than anything i think was with with garrett leaving asher leaving nate leaving um and ian leaving you know we've done a done a pretty good job of of having more depth than we did last year um you know i i like andrew preve came back um, Colby Wilson has done a done a fantastic job um, this year off of off of a pretty good sophomore year last year, um, and expect him to make a big jump. And then we've gotten some some pluses from you know, Garrett Calderon um, on the mound, and and just trying to rely more on those guys that were here last year um, to take a big jump. And then adding some new guys, um, and and what I'm excited about is more athleticism um, into the lineup this year. Well, it's exciting. I, I know you know with the the group that you've got, you've got a, a team that is motivated to continue pushing this thing forward after 23 wins a season ago. Now, looking at at the the big spot, you talked about replacing the pitching. How how do you go about building? a pitching staff around the group that you have with the pieces returning to, to try and keep, you know, taking steps forward. So what, what went into uh, that? Yeah, I think the, to me, the biggest uh, two emphasis that we needed to make were um, we had to get better at, at controlling the running game. 
than we did last year. Um, and then, you know, I don't think that we played horrible defense. It was more along the lines of when, when the airs happened, um, that kind of hurt us more than anything. And so, uh, we've, we've placed a heavier emphasis on the defensive side, um, you know, trying to control the ball, trying to make sure we have a handle over everything. And, um, and then, you know, placing a heavy emphasis with the guys that we have about controlling the running game and just being able to control the zone um, as much as possible. You know, I, I, we have guys that are different arm types this year. Um, we have guys that, that can run it up there. We have guys that, that are more off speed driven. Um, you know, I, I like the, the way that the, the staff has kind of developed to where hopefully um, it doesn't really matter who we're playing on the weekend. We have the arms to be able to, to match up with them. Um, especially in the, in the conference that we plan where teams play differently, um, fields play differently. Um, it's, it's Kansas. So most of the time it's going to be flying out, but, um, you know, different, different universities have different philosophies on how they play. And hopefully we can manage that with the different types of arms that we have this year. Now, 15 days to opening day, you'll open the year in Bethany, Oklahoma, taking on Southern Nazarene for four games set. Uh, same place you opened the season as as last year. So mirror start, but in the two weeks now until that opening day, what would you say, Coach, is, is maybe the biggest area of focus uh, to make sure this team's ready to go for that first day? Uh being able to see live arms um, is great. If we can get on the field to actually be more into a game setting, um, that would be immensely beneficial um, for us starting off. Um, you know, I think trying to get everyone onto the field at least a couple times in a row would be great to get a feel for it um, to where, you know, we actually have a full on defense out there. Uh, guys are, are moving around on offense, that type of thing. Um, you know, I think the, as of now, and I talked to the team last night about this is, you know, we've been inside a lot and not allowing complacency to happen. Um, you know, we've, we had a good, good effort and energy level for the first four days, five days, um, gave them a day off. And then, you know, they kind of looked at it as though we're going back inside and, and it hit us a little bit last night. Um, we talked about it and today we're going outside. So hopefully the energy level is a lot better than it was, um, yesterday and and we can build off of that so now I, I do want to ask you about playing at home because last year you guys were so strong at home you, you had a great record 16 and 10 at McCarthy Field in the friendly confines what goes into building a baseball home field advantage like that because that was a big piece of what you did last year is being able to win games at home especially in the competitive conference of the MIAA so what goes into building a, a competitive home field advantage in the sport of baseball as coach Sanagorski calls it the jet dome um yeah it it's I think a lot of it had to do with our the way that our offense was set up last year. Um, so we had we had guys that could swing it and hit home runs. We had guys that can run, um, put the ball in play, uh, be able to steal some bases. Um, we bunted more than ever in the my offense that we like to run um, last year. But you know the wind did crazy things last year. There'd be a day where it's blowing out at twenty five miles an hour and then blowing in your face at fifteen miles an hour. Um and you have to be able to adapt to that. And I think that was the big thing that 
our offense was able to do. Um, and then having, I mean, it, there are some quirks to the, to the field and um, being able to take advantage of that, you know, um, on a, on a, on a cold day where it hasn't rained in, in 10 days, like there, there, it may take a wild hop in the outfield. Um, if it's rained over the past couple of days, the ball's not really going to hop that much. So um, being able to know that and our guys have been able to play and all that, you know, we've taken advantage of that, knowing how the wind can keep a, a foul ball fair. Um, you know, our guys hit a foul ball down the right field line, the wind's blowing out to left. That may end up being a double because it blows back into fair territory and, and our guys are running. So it's stuff like that that allows us to to operate. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy and, and proud of the fact that we took advantage of playing at our home field. So. Well, the, the flip side of that coin is is games away from home as well. And that was an area maybe for some improvement this season. What goes into then, you know, winning more games on the road and, and having more success away from your home field advantage? Well, I I, I could tell you last year um, we went through about a two-week stint where we didn't play well. Um, I sat down at the end of the year with uh, – with our team's scheduler, um, game scheduler, and said we're not going to play 14 games in 17 days again. Um, and we planned that this year. So, um, And I think that was a big role. Is that we were on the road a lot during the, that 17 days. Um, I mean, it was three straight games at Washburn, leave the next day to go to um, Duran, Oklahoma, play a game, leave that night to go to eight Oklahoma, play that day, come back home, get a day off, play a three game set. Um, so it was, it was, it was a crazy two and a half weeks. And I think that that played a big role into us not playing well um, on the road last year. Um, and then, you know, when you look at conference, there's just conference is good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 it's a struggle to go on the road sometimes. And um you know, we played, um, you know, you, I mean, we played all the good teams on the road, Missouri Southern. Um, we, we had a good weekend against Pitt, which was, I don't want to say it was unexpected, but um, you'd like to win a game. And the fact that we won the series was, was huge there. Um, we had the opportunity to win the series at Northeastern state and let one go away. Um, you know, I think, I think being able to close games is a bigger thing for us this year. Um, but hopefully we can keep keep playing well from the start of the year to the end of the year and not have those big lapses in there that we had last year. As looking at the the conference as a whole, with it being, you know, kind of the class of Division Two, uh, how do you go about, you know, attacking this league year after year, knowing that it's the gauntlet that it is? I mean, you talk about roster construction and finding the right guys to fit your your mission, your philosophy, and then also to be able to withstand that grind weekend and week out, you know, playing these teams that are so talented, Missouri Southerns and Washburns and Emporia States and Central Missouris and on and on down the line. How, how do you go about, you know, constructing a program to to compete in a talented league like this? Um, when I get it figured out, I'll let you know. Um, uh, that would be the first answer to that. Um, you know, we, we've, we've done, we've done a really good job of finding the right guys, um, for the most part. Now, can we get better at that? Yes, for sure. We could get better at that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that 
any coach would ever say that they've they've gotten it 100% right, you know. Um, even if you look at Central Missouri's um, roster construction, you know, they, they, they recruit mostly high school kids and, and still going to miss sometimes and, and just make sure that the ones that you do hit on are really good. And, um, you know, we, we had Jake Angelico last year, had a great senior year, um, had a pretty dang good junior year, um, but he was a three year guy. And so it was kind of a little bit of development into that, um, getting older, being more mature, figuring out what needs to be done. Um, you know, Jenner had two good years with us. Um, we've had guys that had great first years and struggled the second year. Um, so it's just, it's, you, you hope to hit correctly. Um, you hope to bring in guys that fit the program that you're trying to run both on and off the field. Um, you got to get lucky with, with no injuries. Um, you know, and I think the only, I think the biggest struggle for us when it just comes to the recruiting side is um, more the way that roster or that scholarships are set up for us. We have to stay healthy and the guys that we put money into like have to be on the field. Um, and we, we can't really miss with the scholarshiping of it more than anything. And um, you know, that's, that's hard to do. Conversations are hard to be had. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we're the kids are trying to win. We're trying to win. I'm trying to win. The school's trying to win, and we need to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward in order to do that. Speaking of putting, you know, best foot forward, coach, there's there's some work being done to to lay the groundwork to get some turf put in to McCarthy Field here, hopefully in the near future. I, I know you've been parts uh, of those conversations, and and there's been development, you know, in in working towards that. How, how you know how much would a, a, that help this program move forward? The the aspect of adding the turf to the field, just in you know playing through some bad weather days and doing some other things that you might not be able to do. You know, when the, when the ground's cold and frozen like it is right now, or if yeah. it gets mushy and muddy out there. I, I think it would be a game changer um, for our program, honestly. I, you know, in, in the conversations that I've had with alumni, um, you know, with with some people that, that want to see the program do well, and, and Joanna as well, um, you know, it, it's it's not an easy question, not an easy task to be done. You know, raise money to, mm-hmm. to put turf down and everything, um, and and change. You know, really the landscape of what of what the facility looks like. Um, I've had several uh, several you know lunches with Coach Sandorski, um, and kind of talking to him about what he would wanted the field to look like if he was to still continue. Um, and have that conversation, you know, I want to make sure that when we do this, we're doing it with honoring the past as well as preparing for the future. Um, I I think, I think the effort that our kids have gone given in the past three years after joining the MIAA, um, you know, having that good news of, of getting turf and, and light new lights and everything like that is much deserved. And, you know, I think that, as I've told my wife this, I think this this place can be a special place, um, at least from the baseball side. And, you know, every every school is different when it comes to sports um, with what they can do. But the area that we're located in, the amount of, of um, 
the level to which people love baseball in Wichita, um, it, it deserves to have a winner. And, you know, being able to produce a facility that would allow local kids to want to stay here and, and compete for their city as well um, is something that we need to do. And it, any way that we can get the backing to start doing this as soon as possible is, is much needed. But, um, you know, I want I want I want a facility that our players are proud of, that our alumni are proud of and that produces a winner every year. So. Awesome. Well, we're working towards it. And I know you guys are working towards that and, and success on the field this coming spring. Again, opening the year on February 1st at Southern NAS. And fans listening can look forward to February the 16th, the home opener this year, hosting Concordia St. Paul. And of course, we'll have coverage of that on the Newman Jet Audio Network soon. But coach, thank you so much for the time today. It's always great to catch up with you. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be bugging you plenty here as the season progresses and uh, look forward to maybe some warmer weather with it. I appreciate it. You stay warm, man. Thank you. You as well, coach. Coach Drew Mouse, baseball coach of your Newman Jets. As we step aside one quick minute here on the JetCast, you're listening to it here on the Newman Jet Audio Network. The Newman Jets are now full members of the MIAA. Now we need your full support. Help the Jets soar by joining the Aviator Club, Newman's premier level of athletic support. Your assistance directly impacts student-athletes and can be designated for facilities, uniforms, media coverage, or your favorite team. Receive exclusive benefits and support the Navy in Red at newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. That's newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. Or call 316-942-4291 and ask for athletics. Final segment of the JetCast podcast today here on the Newman Jets Audio Network, episode number 108. A little shorter show today in terms of the interviews that we had, but some great in-depth conversations with a couple of our favorite Jets coaches, including bowling head coach Billy Murphy, as well as head baseball coach Drew Mouse. And uh, we'll continue to check up with them each here in the very near future. But I did want to give you a little look ahead at at what we'll look at next week. And uh, one of those things is another spring sport that's getting ready to start their season off, and that is softball. As we will check in with the Jets softball program and head coach Andrea Gustafson uh, here in the very near future. We tried to get in touch with coach uh, actually for this week's episode, but with their season approaching, uh, it was just kind of a little bit better for everyone if we get coach next week. And so we're going to talk some Jets softball uh, coming up next week on episode 109. So you can circle your calendar in anticipation there because again, their season coming up very, very soon, beginning at the first part of February as well um, as the baseball team is too. So lots of spring sports getting ready to, to get started. But of course, we'll also get back to talking some basketball as well as uh, we'll meet up again with RJ Allen and Amy Briggs. Because next week, we will have Jet Basketball getting back home um, to take on some MIAA competition on the 27th, taking on Central Oklahoma. So we'll preview those matchups as well. And I'm looking forward to getting back into Fugate Gym and, and the awesome home court advantage that that has become over the course of this season. And it's only going to get better as MIAA competition heats up even further. But again, don't forget. 
Jet basketball, two road matchups this weekend, beginning with Thursday, January 18th, 5.30 and 7.30 p.m. as the Jets head to St. Joseph, Missouri to take on Missouri Western. Uh, Those games, again, with the broadcast airing on the MIAA network. Same can be said for Saturday afternoon's contests at 1.30 and 3.30 on Saturday as the Jets will then travel to Maryville, Missouri to take on Northwest Missouri State. So that uh, pretty much wraps up a brand new edition of our JetCast podcast. Again, episode number 108. We'll look for uh, episode 109 one week from now on the 24th to preview another busy week in Newman Jet Athletics. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And again, thank you to Billy Murphy and Drew Mouse for joining us on the show today. I have been your host, Jackson Schneider. As always, as part of your Newman JetCast podcast here on the Newman Jets Audio Network. We'll see you next time, and go Jets. Let's face it, it's been a while since you updated your kitchen and bathroom. And while they fit your style when your house was built, styles change. Or maybe the space just isn't fitting your current needs. That's where Keystone Solid Surfaces comes in. Keystone is the premier fabricator and installer of quartz, granite, and solid surfaces in Kansas. And with their huge brand new showroom at 1655 North Wabash in Wichita, providing the perfect inspiration, the possibilities are truly endless. That's why when it's time for an upgrade, the key is Keystone. KeystoneSolidSurfaces.com or find great specials on Facebook. Facebook.